2: a stunning blackout for Facebook as the world's largest social media network of 3 billion users is knocked offline. Plus, what you didn't hear from the Facebook whistleblower last night on 60 Minutes. Facebook, Instagram, and WhatsApp experience one of the longest outages in company history. The company's stock tumbles. Tonight, exclusive new documents as we're learning more about the role Facebook played in perpetuating misinformation ahead of January 6th catastrophic oil spill a pipeline leak causes a 13 mile oil slick off southern california an ecological nightmare threatening wildlife the warning signs president biden blasts republicans for refusing to raise the debt limit
3: they need to stop playing russian roulette with the u.s economy
2: COVID cases dropping. The hopeful news as America sees fewer new infections. Plus why Dr. Fauci revises his guidance about whether families should gather for the holidays. Pivotal Supreme Court term. God, guns, and abortion. What could be the most consequential year in a generation. School lunch crisis. The nationwide shortage. Leading staff to spend their own money to feed students. Breaking news federal agents shot gunfire on an Amtrak train. And Tom's triumphant return. Tom Brady's hero welcome as he breaks an NFL record.
1: This is the CBS Evening News with Nora O'Donnell reporting from the nation's capital.
2: Good evening, and thank you so much for joining us. We want to begin tonight with what has been a brutal day for social media giant Facebook, Instagram, and WhatsApp. All of them knocked offline for about six hours today, leaving billions of users locked out. The cause of the outage still not clear as of tonight, but there are reports that even the systems inside Facebook were down, so employees had difficulty communicating and troubleshooting the problem. Facebook's stock tank taking a nosedive today, sliding nearly 5 percent. And Forbes says Mark Zuckerberg's fortune declined by nearly six billion dollars. But the greatest cost to the social media giant may be new complaints made to the SEC. Those allegations are from a former Facebook employee, Frances Haugen, who copied tens of thousands of pages of internal research. She accuses Facebook of putting the company's profits out of the public good. CBS's Chris Van Clee is going to lead us off with new reporting on Facebook that you didn't see on 60 Minutes. Good evening, Chris.
4: Nora, tonight Facebook is responding publicly for the first time to those complaints filed with regulators. It says. Any sense that it had any responsibility for January 6th is, quote, absurd. But those tens of thousands of pages of documents are raising real questions about what Facebook did and didn't do.
5: Facebook over and over again chose to optimize for its own interests, like making more money.
4: That belief prompted Facebook whistleblower Francis Haugen to file at least eight separate complaints with the Securities and Exchange Commission, obtained by CBS News from a congressional source. Among the allegations, the social network misled investors and the public about its role perpetuating misinformation and violent extremism relating to the 2020 election and January 6th insurrection, including removing safety systems put in place ahead of the election. Haugen speaking to 60 Minutes, Scott Pelley.
5: As soon as the election was over, they turned them back off or they changed the settings back to what they were before to prioritize growth over safety.
4: Facebook disputes that and says it maintained necessary safeguards, adding in a statement it has expressly disclosed to investors the risk remains of misinformation, hate speech and extremism
3: occurring on its platforms. What happened between Election Day and January
0: 6th on the platform?
5: There were a lot of people who were angry, fearful. So they spread those groups to more people. And then, when they had to choose which content from those groups to put into people's newsfeed, they picked the content that was most likely to be engaged with, which happened to be angry, hateful content. And so, imagine you're seeing in your newsfeed every day the election was stolen, the election was stolen, the election was stolen. At what point would you storm the Capitol?
4: Internal company documents obtained from a congressional source show in 2019, a year after Facebook changed its algorithm to encourage engagement, its own researchers identified a problem. They set up this test account following former President Trump, the former First Lady, and Fox News. Within a day, the algorithm was recommending polarizing content. Conspiracy theory recommendations started on day two. After about a week, the account received a QAnon suggestion. By week two, its newsfeed was comprised by and large of misleading or false content. And in week three, the account's newsfeed was an intensifying mix of misinformation, misleading and recycled content, polarizing memes and conspiracy content interspersed with occasional engagement bait.
5: And you can say, how did that happen? Right. Like, why are we taking these incredibly out there topics, QAnon, right? Crazy conspiracies. Why are these the things that Facebook is choosing to show you? and it's because those things get the highest engagement.
0: Gasoline on a fire.
5: Gasoline on a fire.
4: Facebook says it uses things like that test account to identify security issues and was involved in its decision to ban QAnon from its platforms. The company tells us that hate speech has declined by 50 percent on its platforms in the last three quarters. Facebook's entire statement is online at cbsnews.com. Haugen is set to testify before the Senate Commerce Committee tomorrow, where she will tell senators they need to better regulate Facebook. Nora.
2: Really interesting new details. Chris Van Cleve. Thank you. Well, tonight we're learning what might have caused an offshore oil pipeline to rupture, unleashing an environmental disaster along the Southern California coast. More than 125,000 gallons of crude oil leaked into the Pacific. Animals are dying and world famous beaches could be closed for months. CBS's Lilia Luciano is there.
6: Operators of the pipeline believe they found the source of the leak, as state and federal agencies have deployed more than 100 people in an all-out effort to stop the spill from spoiling California's most pristine beaches. Tonight, one early theory is that the pipeline may have been punctured by a passing ship.
5: Is there suspicion that the leak was caused by the anchor of a ship? Is that something that you're looking into?
3: That is one of the distinct possibilities, yes.
6: Nearly 130,000 gallons of processed crude oil, enough to fuel 3,000 cars for about 300 miles, continues spreading down the coast. We are in the midst of a potential ecological disaster. Local residents reported smelling toxic fumes Friday, and some faulted the company, Amplify Energy, for not acting quickly enough.
3: We were not aware of anything Friday night. If there were reports, like I said, they did not come to us.
6: Boats with skimmers are scooping out oily globs, and floating barriers are protecting the beach. They call it Surf City, but for a long time there won't be any surfing, any fishing, no activities on the water. The shoreline will remain closed. The mayor says it could take months before it reopens. The parent company behind the rig has received 125 non-compliance violations by federal inspectors. This pipeline is inspected regularly and has revealed no recent problems. Also at risk, a nearby wildlife habitat, home to 90 species of birds crews on and offshore continue their cleaning efforts. And tonight we're learning that residents and local business owners have just filed a class action lawsuit against the company operating the pipeline. They say their health and the local economy is suffering from the spill. Nora.
2: Problem keeps getting bigger. Lilia Luciano, thank you. Southwest Airlines just announced it will require all employees to be vaccinated, making it the fifth airline to do so. And it comes ahead of the busy holiday travel season. And tonight, there's a lack of clarity over what health experts are recommending for family gatherings this winter. Here's CBS's Nikki Batiste.
1: There's confusion tonight
7: over CDC guidance for safely celebrating the holidays. On Friday, the CDC says it performed an update to the page where the holiday guidance was listed, but now says it was a technical update, but doesn't reflect the CDC's guidance ahead of this upcoming holiday season. The page has since been removed entirely while the agency prepares new guidance. Meanwhile, Dr. Anthony Fauci is clarifying his comments on the holidays to CBS's Margaret Brennan. We can gather for Christmas or it's just too soon to tell.
1: You know, Margaret, it's just too soon to tell.
7: That comment resulted in more confusion to to the holidays, which
1: Dr. More Fauci more addressed vaccine. today. That was misinterpreted as my saying we can't spend Christmas with our families, which was absolutely not the case. I will be spending Christmas with my family.
7: For the 15 million Americans vaccinated with the Johnson & Johnson shot, the company is seeking authorization for a booster, according to the New York Times. A recent study found a single dose of the J&J vaccine was only 71% effective against hospitalization for COVID-19. New York City's mandate requiring all public school employees be vaccinated took effect today. And the mayor here says 95 percent of full time employees have received at least one shot. And the state's largest health care provider, Northwell Health, said today 100 percent of their employees are now vaccinated after they fired 1,400 employees who had refused to get the vaccine. Nora.
2: All right. Tough measures there. Nikki Batiste, thank you. Tonight, President Biden is blasting Senate Republicans for blocking attempts to raise the nation's debt ceiling, warning of a crisis that's like a meteor headed to crash into our economy. The president's also struggling to get his own party to pass his legislative agenda. CBS's Nancy Cordes
7: reports tonight from the White House.
3: Two, two people,
7: In a meeting this afternoon, the president asked progressives what they are willing to cut in order to secure support from the last two holdouts.
3: Look, I need 50 votes in the Senate. I have 48.
7: One of the two is West Virginia Democrat Joe Manchin, who wants to slash the president's Build Back Better plan from $3.5 trillion to $1.5 trillion.
3: What they should be doing is looking at the needs that we have for our country
7: he and Arizona Democrat Kirsten Sinema were hounded by progressive protesters this weekend They followed cinema into an Arizona bathroom and paddled up to Mansion's houseboat
1: We're taxing the rich
7: But the two aren't even President Biden's most pressing problem the nation is set to hit its borrowing limit in just two weeks and Republicans voted twice last week to default
3: If you don't want to help save the country, get out of the way so you don't destroy it.
7: In a letter to President Biden today, Republican leader Mitch McConnell argued, since your party wishes to govern alone, it must handle the debt limit alone as well. Mr. Biden warned that retirement accounts could start taking a hit this week if the markets get spooked
3: by Senate gridlock. Defaulting on the debt would lead to a self-inflicted wound that takes our economy over a cliff.
7: Specifically, a debt default could drive the nation's credit rating down and interest rates up. And it's all completely avoidable. Nora, the two sides working together managed to raise the debt ceiling three times under President Trump.
2: You can hear the frustration building, Nancy Cordes. Thank you. New details tonight on a deadly shooting on an Amtrak train in Tucson, Arizona. One federal agent was killed. Another is in critical condition. The shooting broke out as the agents were searching for guns and drugs. CBS's Jeff Begays has the latest.
0: When the first barrage of shots were fired on the Amtrak train, onlookers didn't know what was happening until they saw a canine officer run toward the gunman. Then someone yells, get out of there, get out of there. Suddenly, there is more gunfire. The officer backs off the train and runs for his life as the gunman fires at the end. The shootout continues with bullets ricocheting around Tucson's downtown train depot. Late today, officials said that it all started on the train with a confrontation between two DEA agents and a suspect.
6: They were checking uh, for illegal guns, money, drugs. This is something they do, as I said, routinely. This time, though, it turned deadly. I
8: am deeply saddened to confirm that one special agent died as a result of the injuries sustained during the shooting.
0: The investigation is ongoing. Jeff Begay, CBS News, Washington.
2: Tonight, the Supreme Court began its new term, one that could be the most consequential in a generation, with abortion rights topping the agenda. The justices met in person for the first time since the beginning of the pandemic. CBS's Jan Crawford is at the court for us tonight.
8: As the Supreme Court returned to the bench for its new session.
3: And the October 2021 term is now convened.
8: Protesters left no doubt what's at stake. The most significant challenge to Roe v. Wade in a generation, a case asking the justices to uphold Mississippi's ban on abortions after 15 weeks. Shannon Brewer is director of the only abortion clinic in the state, in Jackson. If the court says we're overturning Roe v. Wade, it's up to the states to decide what to do. They would definitely ban abortion in Mississippi immediately, yes, and several other states too. With Justice Amy Coney Barrett replacing liberal icon Ruth Bader Ginsburg, abortion opponents hope that's exactly what happens. Mostly conservative states are ready to outlaw or greatly restrict abortion if the court sides with Mississippi, while some liberal states have passed laws to guarantee that in their states abortion still would be available. The case, to be argued in December, comes with polls showing public opinion the court has declined. And there are other contentious cases that surely will divide the justices, including gun rights and religious rights. Now, the justices are all fully vaccinated, but Justice Sonia Sotomayor has some underlying health conditions. And so she wore a mask today on the bench. And Justice Brett Kavanaugh tested positive for COVID last week. He's asymptomatic, but he participated remotely. Nora.
2: It's going to be a busy year. Jan Crawford, thank you. Tonight, we are following a perfect storm of supply chain disruptions and labor shortages now impacting school lunches across the country. CBS's Mark Strassman tells us how staff in one district in Alabama are spending their own money so students don't go hungry. We are looking for beef
7: chips. It's one of our most popular menu items.
3: At Sam's Club, Casey Davis had another daunting last minute grocery list.
7: And then one more
3: she needed 180 pounds of beef tips. The next day's school lunch.
7: It's not a solution to the problem.
3: The problem is this food delivery truck. It's short again, way short.
7: Um, at this point, we're making a plan.
3: Davis directs nutrition for schools in Elmore County, Alabama, feeding about 8,000 kids.
7: It appears that there are cracks at all points in that supply chain.
3: You make it up as you go.
7: Oh, no doubt,
3: no doubt. A countywide issue and a countrywide one affecting millions of kids. In one survey, 97% of school nutrition programs worry about continued supply chain issues. Cinnamon toast crunch for lunch? One Georgia mother posted, This is unacceptable. Back in Alabama, Casey Davis had to buy 180 pounds of beef roast, not beef tips. Cost $1,500. That's all she could find for Redland Elementary to serve. Are you sometimes surprised by what you have for lunch? Yes. Is it a good surprise or a bad surprise? In the middle. To help America's school systems struggling to serve meals, the USDA announced it's pumping in a billion and a half dollars. The agency reimburses Elmore County for Davis's grocery runs. You look at a kid eating and think to yourself, you have no idea how hard that was to pull off.
7: <laughs> well, that's just like with my, with my own kids. If y'all knew how hard that was for me to out of that meal, you'd clean it up for me.
3: At Redland Relief, the next day's menu was all set. Beyond that, it's a mystery. Mark Strassman, CBS News, Watumpka, Alabama.
6: Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Tonight, the bombshell
2: report about how some of the world's most influential people are hiding their money. Journalists spent two years investigating nearly 12 million confidential files. The financial secrets and offshore dealings were exposed in what's being called the Pandora Papers. Among the leaders mentioned Jordan's King Abdullah, who reportedly bought homes totaling more than $100 million, and Russia's Vladimir Putin, whose mistress reportedly used offshore money to buy a home in Monaco. The leaders deny any wrongdoing. Tom Brady's return to New England on Sunday night was one of the most anticipated games in league history. And it didn't disappoint. Number 12 entered Foxborough for the first time in a Tampa Bay jersey. The thunderous cheers quickly turned to boos once the game started. And it was a close one. Brady and the Bucs pulled out a 19-17 to win. To top it all off, Brady became the all-time leader in passing yards, something he reflected on after the game.
1: Nothing in this sport can be accomplished without incredible teammates and coaches and um. You know, I've just been blessed for 22 years to be with some amazing people, and quarterback can't do anything if the guys don't catch the ball.
2: Well, it certainly wasn't Brady's first win in Gillette Stadium, but it could be his last. Tomorrow on the CBS Evening News, the much-anticipated testimony from the whistleblower you first saw in 60 Minutes, as she's expected to tell the Senate that Facebook harms children and weakens democracy. And a reminder, if you can't watch us live, don't forget to set your DVR so you can watch us later. That's tonight's edition of the CBS Evening News. I'm Nora O'Donnell in our nation's capital. We'll see you right back here tomorrow. Good night.
0: If you like the CBS Evening News, you can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. Before you go, tell us about yourself by filling out a short survey at wondery.com slash survey. Survivor's back and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist, a new co-host, the winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladaris. Hi! Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts.